if we are focused on it and we are not focused on the God who can give it, we will be impatient, period. Where's your focus? Isaiah, David, Moses, Joseph, all of them understood this scriptural principle. It could not give them it. God could give them it. The frustration comes when we put it in the God position and we start to serve it and become obsessed with it other than throwing ourselves, surrendering, forcing our trust and hope in the Lord. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles, coming back for more over here at the Autumn Miles Show. We are so focused today (laughs) on bringing you a word that the enemy I know doesn't want you to hear. And this is why, because your girl has been sick all week. I lost my voice completely. (laughs) If you ever know what that feels like to lose your voice, especially when you're a mom with four kids, you will know how unbelievably frustrating that is. But I was scheduled to preach five times this week, you guys, five. And um, we're actually recording on a Friday. We typically record on a Tuesday, but I could not speak. Therefore, I could not record. Today, I'm a little bit better. I, um, my assistant yelled at me, Amanda, she yelled at me um, and said, you can't do anything. I listened to her kind of, but uh, yesterday at a huge, huge event. And I know that that is why the enemy tried to take my voice. So that is what's going on. If you can stand my crackly voice, lean into this word that I'm about to give you because God gave it to me and we are on week two of practical. If I can hang in (laughs) with my voice like this, listen. God wants to do a work in you. Week two of practical is what we're about to head into. Thank you so much for joining along with us. Gosh, we love you guys so much. And your support is over the top. You guys sending me your emails and messages and everything that a word of encouragement, all those things we get. I see most of those things. I want to say thank you. We are here for you. We are consistent because of that. We understand. I understand that you guys, some of you guys listened regularly and religiously. And I thank you for that. Even during the summer, you guys, you know, typically most, you know, numbers will go down in the summer just organically because people have families and they go on vacation and and stuff like that and like church and stuff like that. But we really haven't seen a bunch of that. And I know that's because you value what God is doing right here amongst us. And in turn, we want to give you a fresh show every single week. So here we are. And I want to tell you, if I could, what God has done in my life this week. I'm going to try to get through this without crying. Oh, no. I already feel like I am. This is going to be one of those shows, guys, just one of those shows. So as I announced several months ago, I was asked by our church to become the women's prison pastor at our church. Now, what that means is that I am responsible for planting churches in women's prisons. And I've done a lot of work on that. It took me a long time to say yes to that because I was like, I got a lot on my plate. And the Lord said, this is something that you need to lean into, not lean back from. And so I leaned into it and said yes. And we have been planning, you guys, for 
months. Now, I've been to several prisons, already done some ministry, but we have been planning for months a large day of worship in one of the prisons that we are, are ministering to. And I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. Um, really had a huge sense of expectation. Um, I've said a long time for a lot of times, you can know before you know, because the Holy Spirit will tell you things before they happen. And that's not weird. That's not like some real weird, crazy thing. It's just what the Spirit says. I mean, the Lord said to seek me and find me. And you, when you search for me with all of your heart, he also says, come to me and I'll tell you things you don't know. So I knew from sensing um, the Holy Spirit working, I needed to go into yesterday with great expectation. Now, I woke up Monday, I had absolutely no voice. Tuesday, I had barely any voice, really, really sore throat, barely in a voice. I tried to rest my voice on um, Tuesday. Wednesday, I had a little bit better voice because I had rested it, and I was ready for Thursday. Thursday, the day came, got up, got to the prison at 7 a.m. Um, 75 women from our church came to volunteer. We had 400-ish, maybe 450 inmates that attended. And for two hours, I watched these women scream as they worshiped God. They hallelujahed as loud as they could. <laughs> they cheered as loud as they could. They amened as loud as they could. They were so ready to hear about Jesus. We worshiped with them for two hours yesterday, and it was amazing to see the worship band just get up. Now, um, this particular unit does not have air conditioning, and in Texas right now, it is very, very hot. Um, and so we're working with like 100-degree heat in there, but you know what? Nobody cared. It was one of the most raw, beautiful, probably, I have been involved in hundreds, probably, of events where I've spoken and, you know, whatever it is, just been a part of them. This is probably top three. I sat in that place with no voice, knowing I had to speak, and just looked at women in prison worshiping Jesus. I don't know if I've ever been touched so deeply in an event ever. It was amazing. I had the honor and the privilege of speaking and giving a couple of times during the worship set as the pastor. And I was able to give the invitation. And you guys, when I gave the gospel presentation, and gave the opportunity for them to respond. I said, listen, if you want a relationship with Jesus, stand up. Stand up, stand up. We don't have the final count, but just have been doing this a long time. I would say about 200 women stood to their feet. Boldly, unashamed, immediately. There was no hesitation. There was not looking around like, if she stands up, I'm going to stand up. They were unapologetically ready to join in the family of God. We called out, as I was standing there, the spirit of suicide, anger, anger at God. And we had the opportunity to surround these women and pray over these women. Never in my life have I been so thankful to do this. It moved me. It was a day I probably will never forget for the rest of my life. But I want to tell you something today. We have 200 new sisters in Christ because they were open yesterday. That's why I have no voice. <laughs> and I want to tell you, 
this, and I know this monologue is going long, and we're just going to let it go long. Do what God is telling you to do that is weird. What is he asking you to do that is weird, that doesn't fit your schedule, it doesn't fit your agenda? Working out is going to have to, you know, you're going to have to get up an hour earlier. You are going to have to be inconvenienced to do. Because let me tell you something, taking on another job is not something I was looking to do. And yet God said, I have something that is going to bless you more than you can even imagine if you'll just lean in in faith and trust me. I got to be a part of that yesterday. So do it. What is it? Lean into it. I am so glad that I did. Listen, we're all walking this faith journey. It's not just you. I am doing what I preach as much as I possibly can. Sometimes I have to go review some of my own messages, but I am living this with you. This is my life too. I'm living this with you. It blew my mind, you guys. It blew my mind. It was one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen. So that is what God is doing in my life. He's wrecking me. He is wrecking me in the best way. He is wrecking me. And he's saying, I got so much of this for you. After all these years of ministry, I'm just getting started. (laughs) Okay, part two of practical. You're going to love this one. We are going to talk about how do you practically wait on the Lord. Oh, it's going to be good. Catch me after the break. Don't go anywhere. This is good, 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 good stuff. All right. See you in a second. Every day, a new day. Yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve? rather than Esther or Mary. To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse, and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Okay, guys, we're back. I've been dying to record. I actually wanted to uh, reach out to my producer earlier today because I, I needed to deliver this word. But I had to change our time multiple times this week. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to bother him. He's going to kill me. What do you do when God has allowed you and given you? a wait that is forever. <laughs> Today is going to be week two of practical. The Lord gave me this, and I'm going to give you a ton of really practical tips on how do you wait. Now, listen, I'm going to go over a lot of stuff, a lot of scripture today, but I think it's so vitally important to lean in to a bunch of scripture. Uh, Y'all know I'm going to give you scripture, okay? Especially during a longer period of time that you've been waiting for a promise, okay? I get asked this question all the time. How do I know if the word God gave me is for me or from God? How do I know that it's not just my own thoughts or if it's God's thoughts? How do I know I'm I'm actually hearing from God? I have waited 15 years for a promise. I'm going to give up because I can't wait any longer. Well, 
listen, sister, you can do all those things if you want. You can give up if you want. But today, I want to practically tell you the things that God has showed me in order for you to have a successful waiting period in the Lord. Because guess what? This is not Pop-Tart faith, you guys. This is not, you know, faith that we put in the toaster and it pops up in 10 seconds. This is not wireless internet faith where we get on our uh, our devices and in 2.5 seconds, if we're not hooked up to Wi-Fi, we get frustrated. This is not fast food faith that we're dealing with. When God has given us a promise, we cannot attach a waiting period to a cultural norm. God has never changed. He's not going to change the way that he delivers his way in his time. He's not pressured by our Pop-Tart culture. He wants to do the very best thing for you possible, okay? And sometimes that's a wait that is long, okay? Sometimes it's a shorter wait. We have got to grow, and I'm going to push you a little bit today to grow in your dependence on the word of the Lord when he speaks to you, okay? So I have personally waited, I feel like, years for things, and I have waited a short time for things. But over the years, I remember before I became a Christian, I remember really getting frustrated when I would pray and ask God for something and then it didn't show up two weeks later or it didn't show up like a month later. I didn't get the principle of waiting on the Lord. I was waiting in my flesh. And once I got saved, I realized that if these promises the depth of the promises of God that he offers in scripture. You know, I get asked this a lot. I could easily do a full show on the promises of God. God doesn't offer us personal promises. Yes, he does. (laughs) Yes, he does. There's many different types of promises that God offers us. There's a lot located in scripture, but he is still making promises to us today. He promised me my babies. And he delivered, literally delivered on that. He promised me personally a ministry 10 years before I saw it. And he delivered on that. He promised me I would have a little baby girl. And I told him I would name her Grace if he would give her to me. And guess what? She's 17 years old. So this whole idea that the only promises that we have are from scripture is just not true. He also gives us personal promises via his spirit that we can confirm through his word. So I totally understand after I got saved, I understood how much I wanted to live an abundant life. And I knew the way to abundance was standing on God's promises in his word and waiting his way, not my way. We can stand on a promise in God's word and wait our way and not his way and therefore not receive it. We can look at a promise that I'm going to claim that and give up waiting two weeks later when it doesn't come. That actually can happen, okay? But I want to show you how you can successfully, and this is based on my life, you guys, and I'm about to give it to you from scripture, how you can look at a verse, a promise, that God has given you from a verse, his word, or from your spirit and wait his way for that thing and watch it happen, okay? I want to read these passages of scripture to you before we get started, but there is several steps that we're going to go over that will help you wait on the Lord. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord, be strong, Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Lamentations 3, 25 says, the Lord is good to those who wait 
for him to the soul who seeks him. Isaiah 30, 18. This is one of my favorite verses, actually. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. Sometimes the Lord's waiting on you, y'all. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. Psalm 135 through 6 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. Psalm 33, 20 through 22. Our soul waits for who? I'm making a point here. The Lord. He is our help and our shield for our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Psalm 37, 34. I love this verse. It's one of my personal Bible passages. Wait for the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land you will look on when the wicked are cut off psalm 65 5 for god alone oh my soul wait in silence for my hope is from him almost done but i could go on forever psalm 37 7 be still before the lord and wait patiently for who him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Psalm 40, 610 says, be still and know that I am God. Isaiah 64, 4 says, from the days of old, no one has heard or perceived by ear, nor I has seen a God beside you who acts for those who wait for him. Psalm 135, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. Proverbs 20, 22, do not say I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord, and he will deliver you. Genesis 49, 18, I wait for your salvation, O Lord. The very first thing that I want to tell you as you wait in your waiting season, you're waiting for a baby, you're waiting for healing, you're waiting for financial breakthrough, whatever that is, is are you waiting for it or are you waiting on him? Are you waiting on it or are you waiting on him? All of those verses that I just read highlight someone, a lot of them, David, some of them, uh, Joseph, let me just, I'll just eyeball this. We got Joseph, we got Moses, a lot of them, David. We got Isaiah. I can name you who spoke those verses. All of those great patriarchs of scripture were not waiting on it. They were waiting on him. This is one of the things, you guys, that trips believers up all the time. And this is how I believe Satan has gotten into our minds. The first thing we need to focus on is not it. It is him, okay? When we focus on it, I need a financial breakthrough. We become obsessed with it. And all of our mind, all of our thought process, everything that we do goes in on how we can achieve it. Oh, if I take this extra job, if I do this extra thing, if I talk to that person, if I go try to hustle for a promotion, I can achieve it. When we are focused on it, if you're ruminating in your mind constantly and you're saying to yourself, I've got to make this payment, I've got to make that or whatever, your focus is not on him. Your focus is on it. These patriarchs in scripture were successful at waiting because their focus was on God. What's the difference? God actually has the means, the resources, the connections to give you it. It doesn't have those things 
to give you it. When you take your focus off of it, I'm waiting for a husband, waiting for my Boaz. Okay, I have a sister, you guys, who waited to get married and not by her own choosing. She wanted to get married. She wanted to get married, I think, when we were like seven. She would tell me about her weddings all the time. (laughs) She would constantly be like, and you're going to be wearing the ruffly pink. That was like, you know, that was back in the 80s, guys. So, you know, remember weddings in the 80s. But she had all her wedding planned out. Do you know when she actually got married? When she was 40 years old? That's a long time. And she would call me and she would say, Autumn, all I want is a husband. And I would say, Heather, you're focused on it. You need to be focused on the Lord who can provide and lead you to that thing that you are wanting. If we are focused on it, and we are not focused on the God who can give it, we will be impatient, period. Where's your focus? Isaiah, David, Moses, Joseph, all of them understood this scriptural principle. It could not give them it. God could give them it. The frustration comes when we put it in the God position and we start to serve it and become obsessed with it other than throwing ourselves, surrendering, forcing our trust and hope in the Lord. I got this. I don't know how I got this. I don't, I, I honestly don't know how I got this after I became a Christian in 21 and I started on my process to, to, I just had to, I had to get to know God preacher's kid didn't know God had to, I, I had to do it. I had to figure it out. <laughs> it was very humiliating. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of my big old giant spiritual giant preacher's kid, uh, bubble was burst because I didn't know God at all, but I started to learn him. And I remember when God gave me the um, vision, listen, you're going to start a conference ministry in 2003. It was just two years later. I didn't know how long it was going to take. But God's the one that gave me the thing that he was going to do. So if he gave me the promise of what he was going to do, I needed to be the one that focused on him and his timing and what he saw was wise and what he saw was good for me rather than it. And sometimes I would get so frustrated and I would tell the Lord, I am ready for this. I'm desperate for this. I'm crying out to you because what do I have to do? I'm doing everything I know possible. I'm in your word every day. I'm praying all the time. I'm fasting. We're living the righteous life. What else do you want from me? And the Lord told me something one time during that season when I was focused on it. He said, Autumn, if I give you it right now, it will destroy you. You have got to trust in my timing. I didn't even know what he was talking about. How could it destroy me? How could something good destroy me? But now that I've been doing this for a very long time, let me tell you something. I was not ready for it when I wanted it so badly. And God so lovingly prompted my spirit and said, stop focusing on it's coming. Trust me and my timing. What are you waiting on it? Or on him. All of these guys in scripture waited on God, not it. That's the difference. We get frustrated when we're waiting on something that can't actually give us it. But we can be comforted by the Holy Spirit sustaining us when we're focused on God. And knowing that his wisdom is at work as we wait. The second thing, what are you waiting in? First thing we talked about was, what are you waiting on? It or on him? 
What are you waiting in? Oh, this is so good. If someone would have told me this so many years, you guys need to share this with a friend. What are you waiting on it or on him? Where's your focus? What are you waiting in? Are you waiting in flesh or in spirit? I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. We're going to come back to that in just a second. What are you waiting in? Are you waiting in the flesh? Are you waiting in the spirit? I want to bring you to my example. We're going to come back to that because I got a little ahead of myself, but that's okay. I was just excited. I want to give you an example of a guy in scripture. Y'all know him, but I want to give you an example of him waiting on God and not on it. Okay. It's Abraham. All right. Now at the age of 75 years old, God spoke to Abraham and he gave him a promise. Okay. This is before the scripture. So um, God literally showed up to Abraham and said, what's up? This is what we're going to do. Genesis 12, uh, one through seven. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house to a land, which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And so you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. You're about to get a son, Abram. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken. And Lot went with him. Now Abraham was 75, you guys, 75. You are not too old for God to do what he said he's going to do. He was 75 when he was given the promise. Given it. You talk about waiting. <laughs> he was given the promise of 75. When he departed uh, from Haran, Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated and the persons which they had acquired. I'm going to read on just for a second in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus, they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Morah, Now the Canaanite was then in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. Now, God gave Abram a promise at the age of 75. It was his word, his word, okay? So uh, a lot of people are like, God has given me a word. God has given me this, God is whatever. Okay, when God gives his word, God must be the foundation of the weight. Okay. We just talked about, are you waiting on it or on him? If God has given you a promise from his word or one that he just tells you, and like Abraham, all of a sudden one day he's like, hey, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be really famous. All of the families in the earth are going to be blessed. Listen, that is your sure word. That is your foundation. That is what you stand on. God's word is what you stand on when he has given you a promise. Now, God at that point is your foundation to wait. Okay. So Abraham here, he's been given this word. I'm going to be blessed because God gave it. God needed to be the one whose focus Abram was on. Do you understand what I'm saying? Isaiah 55, um, this is a verse that we quote. As a matter of fact, when we were praying, Mike prayed this very uh, verse. Isaiah 55, 11 says this, and you might have never heard it before in this context. So will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the manner for which I sent it. Listen to me. I'm going to read that again. So will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. 
It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the manner for which I sent it. Let me read verse 10 to give you some context. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing the seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the manner for which I sent. So let me tell you something. Everyone refers to this as the word of God. Yes, 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 yes. It is, uh, he is referring to God's word, the Bible, okay? He is also referring to when the Holy Spirit, which is the third person of the Trinity, speaks to you. His word is not going to come back to him void. Do you understand what I'm saying? When God spoke to Abraham, Abram in this particular text, he gave him a word, a promise. I am going to do this for you. You can trust my word. It's not going to return to me, listen, without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the manner for which I sent it. That is verse uh, B of verse 11. It will accomplish. It's going to accomplish what I desire. If God has given you a promise, it will accomplish what I desire. And it's not going to come back to me without succeeding in the manner for which I sent it. When God gives you a word, just like Abraham got a word from God, there was no scripture yet. We just have, we got scripture later. It was not going to come back to God without him fulfilling his word. This is why you guys, this is such a good point. (laughs) God gave this to me this morning, so I can take no cred. We worry. God, are you going to come through? I know that you've promised me a child. Are you going to come through? So my word will be, which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in this manner for which I sent it. His word will not return to him without being accomplished. So if God, this is so good. Oh my goodness. I feel like I have light bulbs going off. So if God has given you a word, whatever that is, God is more interested in fulfilling that thing for you than you are. God is more interested in that. He knows this is a promise from Isaiah. He knows it's not coming back to him. He didn't want to see it until it does what he says it's going to do. Guys, this concept, me, when God promised me a ministry, and I'm going to talk about scriptural confirmation here in just a second. He told me via his spirit, like there is no conference of ministry written in the Bible. It's just not there. And yet I knew that that is where God wanted me to begin. At that point, that's all he gave me. He didn't give me, he didn't give me a podcast. He didn't give me a radio show. He didn't give me any of that. He didn't give me books. As a matter of fact, I was shocked when God gave me the opportunity to write a book. It was definitely not in the plan, not in Autumn's plan. Okay. Autumn isn't good at grammar. So um, Autumn wasn't looking to do that. But he gave me a word And when I understood that if he gave me a word, he was going to be the one to fulfill it. And that word was going to accomplish, not at that point, my plan, his plan. Do you understand that his word to you, his promise to you is not your plan. It's his plan. It's his plan. It's not your plan. God is accountable to himself for his promise to you because he will do it because he's more passionate about it than you will ever be. It will not return him void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the manner for which I send it. Genesis 12 is when Abraham um, received the promise the first time. Okay. Now, When it comes to getting a word from the Lord and you just feel like, I really feel like God is going to give me a husband or I feel like God is going to heal my body or I feel like God is going to 
whatever, um, years and years ago, and, and I still do this, you guys, even today, years and years ago, I, I didn't trust that I could hear from the spirit. I didn't trust myself. Okay. I didn't want to get it wrong. I didn't want to just, you know, believe for something that God never really said. And see, and I'm going to make a bunch of people mad. Um, some of this stuff we're believing for and we're mad at God for, and God really never even said he was going to do it. <laughs> and that's just the bottom line. We're waiting and we're believing in something that God never said that he was going to do for us. Okay. So that's, that's one reason for frustration. But when you have a sure word, a word that, you know, listen, I am going to restore your twins is what God told me after we got scammed the first adoption. I didn't know at that point, like Abram, I didn't know if that was me wanting that so bad or if God was actually saying that to me. I knew God intimately then, but that is one thing I did not want to get wrong. So I began praying and this, I, I've taught this concept for years and I've said it a lot on this show. I began praying, okay, spirit of God, if you are going to restore our twins to us, because we were scammed out of identical twin daughters, if you're going to restore them to us, if you're actually saying this to me, I need you to confirm it with your word in scripture. So I can stand on that thing. So that can be my firm foundation, not how I feel, not how I perceive my circumstances. I need a tangible word that I can stand on. You have told me, just like you told Abraham, you told me, listen, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give you twins. You've told me, you've given me a word and I hear that. But can you just confirm, because my faith is weak right now from scripture if you're going to actually if this is actually you and you guys I want to just read to you just because I use that example I was praying that because my emotions were high when we lost those identical twin girls to a scam I was praying that and I'll just it was four um let's see 12 8 14 I date everything in my bible I was praying this very thing December 8th uh, 2014 I was praying this are you actually going to, I feel like you are telling me, God, you're going to restore my twins. This is practical. I can't get much more practical than this, you guys. This is practical. I feel like you're telling me you're going to restore my twins. And I opened up my Bible that day and I have it marked 12, 8, 14. Instead of your shame, Isaiah 61, 7. You will have a double portion. Instead of humiliation, which is, I could cry, is exactly how I was feeling. They will shout for joy over their portion. Therefore, they will possess a double portion in their land and everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, verse eight, love justice. I hate robbery. Listen to how specific God was with me in the burnt offerings. And I will faithfully give them their recompense and make an everlasting covenant with them. That was 12, 8, 2014, April 7th, 2015. We were confirmed to adopt Haven. When God gives you a word, like he initially gave Abraham and like he gave me with our babies. If you are wondering, God knows his word, the Bible, more than you do. <laughs> he wrote that bad boy. Ask him to give you a foundational verse to stand on. Okay. Now, that is what's called scriptural confirmation and God will give it. Don't cherry pick it. Allow God to give you something. And, and the way that, that I just do it is I'll be praying, God, you know, you know, your girl needs some help in her faith. And there will be a verse that I read or something. And it is so specific. And the Holy Spirit, he highlights it in my spirit. And he says, that's it. That's your word of confirmation. 
you stand on that thing. You guys, a couple of days ago, I was going, um, I was preparing just my heart to go into the prison and you're not even going to believe this. And I'm like, Lord, did I get this wrong? <laughs> like, oh my goodness, did I get this wrong? I looked at the clock. It was 319. And you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need to, I just need to hear from God. I, I had spent a couple hours with the Lord that day, but it just, it wasn't enough. I just felt so dry. And I looked at the clock and it was 319 in the afternoon. And I said, Lord, am I called to this? Am I called? Like, is this for me? I, it is just so weird. Like I never actually like, <laughs> are you sure? I open up my Bible, you guys, that's 319 in the afternoon, 319. I open up my Bible to Ezekiel 3, and I'm like, I'm just going to read verse 19. And it says, yes, yet, if you have warned the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered yourself. I back up, you guys, a couple of verses earlier, and it says this, don't be afraid of them or dismayed before them. He says, take all my son, take all my words, which I will speak to you and listen closely. Go to the exiles, to the sons of the people, speak to them and tell them whether they listen or not. Thus says the Lord God. And I'm reading this and I'm like, well, that's weird. And I look down at my Bible and it says women prison ministry question mark. That was two days ago. I'm praying, God, are you going to confirm this word to me? I know you've already confirmed it, but can you confirm it again? And because he is so faithful with our lack of faith, he strengthens it with his word. Scriptural confirmation. The first thing, what are you waiting on, it or on him? When God gives you a word, you focus on him and not it. And if you are struggling, grab, pray, ask for a scripture to stand on that will stabilize your faith. Okay, I'm going to move on. God spoke to Abraham again, Abram, Abram again, and I want to read this to you. Genesis 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, don't fear, Abraham, I'm a shield for you. Your reward shall be very great. And Abram said, oh, Lord God, what will you give me since I'm childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, since you have given me no offspring, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this man will not be your heir, but one will come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. Now look towards the heaven, count the stars if you're able to count them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. Then he believed in the Lord and he reckoned it as righteousness. Okay. So God initially gave him a word. I think it's so important. Genesis 15 is so important because God is showing up again. And what does Abram do? He questions, Oh Lord God, what will you give me since I'm childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Since you have given no offspring to me, one is born in my, no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the Lord came in and he encouraged him. He said, no, 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 that's not the guy. I'm going to give you someone right out of your body. Here's the deal. When God gives us a word, he understands that there are some times that we're going to question, but how, how are you going to do this? Help me. And God comes in and confirms it. This is one time that Abraham questioned because he's like, I don't know how this is going to go. Okay. When you question, let the Lord answer it, not your own intelligence. When you question, lean into the Lord and let the Lord answer the question to his promise for you. Don't try to do it yourself. Abraham was about to make Eleazar his heir, and that was not God's plan. That is not what God said. When you question, 
let God answer. We get into trouble when we question and we let our mama answer. God bless our moms. I love my mom. She's amazing, but she's not God. When we question, God has the answer to his promise that he's given you from his mouth that's not going to return to him void. Get it? This is so good and so practical. I think it's so practical. When we question, God confirms with his answers. Here we go again. Genesis 17. I'm going to try to run through this really quick. God confirms again to Abraham. Okay. He does it a few times. This time, which I think is like amazing. Listen, this time he confirms. First time he confirms, it's because of um, Abram's questions. The second time he confirms is right after Hagar. This is how amazing God is. If God has given you a promise, he will reconfirm his word to you, even though he knows you messed up. Listen to this. Right after Hagar, you can read it in the scripture. 17, um, 1 through 10. Now, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am God Almighty. This after Hagar. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. How good is God that even when we mess up, even when we're stupid, even when we're financially irresponsible, even when we've given up on something, even when we know there's sin in our life, God still says, my word is still active for you. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. You will be the father of a multitude of nations. And he doesn't just reconfirm the promise. Then he changes his name. No longer shall you be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I will make you the father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you. And kings will come forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And he goes on. The first time Abram was questioning, what's up, dude? (laughs) You gave me this word. Where is it? The second time he had just messed up, created Ishmael. God said, no, no, no. My covenant is as good as gold. I'm going to help you again. At that time, he was 99 years old. In Genesis 18, God shows up and he says, it's coming. This might be the hardest one when God shows up and he confirms and he says, it's coming. My word's coming to pass. It's coming. Okay. He say, he tells him at this time next year, your um, wife is going to have a son. He's 99 years old. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what Sarah said. And it came. When Abraham was 100 years old, Abraham was given the promise of 75 and he was 100 when Isaac was born. Wait on God, not it. God knows the plan that he will carry out that promise to you. If you are waiting on it, it will let you down, but God won't. It came to pass. 25 years later, and it came. And guess what? Abraham is the father of many nations, exceedingly abundantly blessed beyond what he could even ask for or imagine. The father of faith, the father of the lineage of Jesus, God did what he said. Wait on God and not it. Wait in the spirit and not in flesh. And I'm going to be done in just a second. Wait in the spirit and not in the flesh. Let me get to Galatians real fast. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. But the fruit of the Spirit 
his patience. Let me read this too. Uh, Galatians 5, 17. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. For if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. Now listen, the fruit of the spirit is patience. If you are spending time in the very spirit and the very presence of God, you will get an ease, a comfort about you that will make patience easy. Your job when you are practically waiting on God to come through on his promise is to wait in the spirit not in the flesh. If a fruit of the spirit is patience, a fruit of the flesh is impatience, okay? They are constantly at war. If you are feeling impatient, and I'm a really impatient person, except when the thing, when there's things of God involved, I'll wait. I'm super impatient. And I understand that when I have impatient days, I know for a fact I'm walking straight in Autumn Miles' flesh and I hate it. They war with one another. The flesh doesn't want to wait. It wants it now. I want things now. It's like a toddler. I want it now, okay? The spirit will wait. Sometimes these men and women that waited 25 years, they were waiting in the strength of the sustainability of God. They were resting in him, not in them. So when you wait, what's your object? God, not it. You're waiting on God, not it. And you're waiting in the spirit and not in the flesh. If God's not going to let his word come back to him void, you guys, he refuses to do it. And he's given you that word. And you feel impatient and you feel let down and you feel betrayed and you feel frustrated and you feel like God's taking too long. Go sit in his spirit and tell him all of those things. And let the help and the comfort of the spirit of God overwhelm you. Because the flesh is always going to war with the spirit. And if you don't do that, you're going to have an internal war until God gives you what he promised. Jesus had to wait 33 years to return to his father. 33 years. You know how he did it? He spent time with God. His focus was on God and clearly not himself. He waited. He got away. When he struggled, he got away. You look at Gethsemane, he struggled. What did, where did he go? Not to his flesh. He went straight in prayer to his father and told him, I got to do this. Romans 4, and then I'm going to be done. I know this is going a little bit long, but I made it, guys, with my voice. When you wait on God and not on it, and when you wait in the spirit and not in your flesh, this is what happens. For this reason, Romans 4, 16, it is uh, for this reason, it is by faith in order that it may be accordance to grace, that the promise will be guaranteed to all Abraham's descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations, I made you in the presence of him who believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist in hope against hope. He believed so that he may become a father of many nations, according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be without becoming weak in faith, because God confirmed it to him a, a few times. He contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, 
since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he didn't waver in unbelief, but grew strong, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God has promised, he is able to perform. Therefore, it has been credited to him as righteousness. Now, not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, period. God will do the same with us. Wait on him, not it. Wait in the spirit and not in the flesh. Confirm with his word. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that this word, God, is going to encourage so many that are about to give up on your word. Spirit of the living God. Allow them to put these principles to use, Father, so that they can receive the great blessing that is coming to them. Father God, you do what we can. It's your word. Tell them, Lord, my word is working. My word has a job. My word has a job. And it's to perform for me what I want it to. Yes, Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for encouraging those who are listening. Thank you for encouraging me. You're a good God. You're a good father. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all, that was a Bible sandwich for you. (laughs) Woo! I'm going to have to dissect that myself a little bit later. I know it's been long. We'll do a short third segment. I'll be back right after the break. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go, X-Y-Z-A, yeah. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, I have an awesome question for you. What do you do when a friend from the past comes back into your life and you're not the same person you were before. (laughs) Before I didn't follow God, now I do. But this friend still doesn't. Listen, this happened to me. Um, I remember showing up in my hometown one time and I was meeting one of my childhood friends and her and her mom, that was nice, looked at me and they're like, "Uh, are you the same person? (laughs) Because I was, I am. I don't know how you can even try to be the same person, you know, once you've received the power of the Holy Spirit and salvation and Jesus into your life. I just, I don't know how. And I looked at them boldly. It was kind of an awkward question, but I looked at them boldly and said, I am the same person. I'm just a person who's met Jesus. And that's what I think you should do in this situation. I think you need to be upfront Rather than trying to fit into a mold that you used to, listen, old things are passed away. New things have come. Maybe you are the link that will minister to your friend. I would be 100% upfront and say, I, although I'm the same person, yes, 
Jesus radically changed my life. And those things I was, that, that person that I was before, she's changed. The Bible even says, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Jesus lives in me. Give her that verse. That way of life is gone for me. It's dead. But you get a no better version. <laughs> That's what I would do. Great question. I've got a testimony. It is super long, you guys. But... It's awesome. I want to just kind of cliff note this because it's so long. This woman was sexually abused as a child. I believe it's, I actually don't know if it's a woman or a man, but they were sexually abused as a child and had nightmares. They turned to drugs and alcohol. Fast forward to their thirties and this person was still experiencing nightmares. I honestly was tired of living with it. One day I got real angry at God and the devil. And I knew God was loving, but I doubted miracles and never experienced a relationship with God. My favorite verse was Isaiah 40, 31, which I just read to you. Wait on the Lord. I started journaling a lot and got alone with God, left church, fasted social media, certain foods. One day I asked God a question and he answered it. It was small, but it proved to me he can speak. I remember closing my eyes and saying, thank you, God. Jesus sent down his gift of the Holy Spirit. And you guys, as her, her story goes on, she was healed of those nightmares and has never had another nightmare in six years. That is a testament to an amazing, incredible God. She's had nightmares, or he, they have had nightmares their whole life. And to not have one for six years, that's a miracle. So what an incredible testimony. Listen, God will do what we need him to do for us as we get alone with him, as we seek him, as we lean into him. And that is awesome. That is so awesome. I am need to turn my voice off you guys, but man, I've loved today. I hope you loved it. I hope you glean from it. I hope I gave you tangible ways in order to kind of move on past, you know, being frustrated in your waiting process. I hope this practical series is helping you. I will be back next week with part three of practical. It's going to be great. Thank you guys for listening. You can catch me next week right back here on the Autumn Mile Show. Love y'all. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Mile Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Mile Show.